Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> so glad you're choosing to spend your Sunday morning with us. This the the bell is something that's really close to Michael's and my hearts, and it's been a, a central part of our practice. And so it's always a, a joy for us to share this love with other people. And that's what we hope to do today. So that what we're going to offer today is kind of a, a, a couple different focuses. I'm going to start by talking about um, my relationship with the bell and how I approach uh, that relationship. And Michael will talk about his relationship with the bell. And then we'll talk about the mechanics of the bell. You know what? How do you, how do you choose a bell? How do you invite a bell beautifully? And then hopefully we'll have some time to practice uh, together. And we'll practice uh, inviting our bells and testing how it works over Zoom because that's a whole nother, um, whole nother kettle of fish that we, uh, who knew that was going to be a big deal. <laughs> Mike, anything you want to add to that? No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, and I know that you're going to start with, with bringing forward the beautiful gata that you spoke right at the beginning, just before you invited the bell. Yeah. So let's start. Um, you know, inviting the bell is a very deep practice. It's a very deep practice. And we have this beautiful practice form that holds us whenever we play the role of, of bellminder. And um, Mike and I have learned not to take that role for granted, not to feel like this is just something uh, that we throw away. And it's a simple practice that is not at all simple. And it's a ritual that is, that is very, very rich. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the bell gata that I offered this morning as a, as a kind of a, a way to talk about what it is that we do when we invite the bell. So that gata, I'll repeat it again here for us. Body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness. I send my heart out along with the sound of this bell. May all hearers awaken from forgetfulness and transcend the path of sorrows. So this gata really helps me come back to my whole self and bring my whole self to the bell. <clears throat> you know, it, it makes me ask these questions of, of myself before I start. Can I approach this with wonder and surprise and awe? Can every time I do this, can I know it deeply and yet have beginner's mind? I, I don't know what this bell is going to do when I invite it. It could be completely different, but I can I drop my knowing? Can I make every aspect of inviting the bell as sacred as a Japanese tea ceremony, where every single motion has meaning and serves the Sangha? Yeah. <clears throat> so the first line, body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness. Body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness. This is really pointing us towards interbeing. Interbeing. So the first aspect of this interbeing, this body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness, is um, expressed as we collect ourselves before we ever 
pick up the bell inviter. You know, being the bellminder starts well ahead of when the Sangha gathers. You know, oftentimes we and the Sangha arrive disjointed. We've gone a hundred directions throughout our day. Can we find a way to rejoin ourselves? And when we do that, to, by using the bell, send that rejoining energy to the Sangha. And we have all this momentum from our day that we need to consciously slow before we invite the bell. Yeah, we rush from thing to thing all day long, but this is not what we rush through. So let's take time to unite ourselves before we offer the bell. Um, <clears throat> so we slow that momentum. We have to know what that momentum is. You know, so it might help to sit a little bit before we invite the bell. Maybe, maybe come and sit for a few minutes before the Sangha arrives, so that when the Sangha arrives, we are already slowing that momentum. And the first line of this gata is a, is a way of setting our intention, body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness. That's what coming home is, uniting ourselves back. So that's the first uh, invitation to me from that first line, body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness, to come back home to myself so that I'm available for the bell and I'm available for the sangha. The second invitation for me is to come back to the awareness that my body and the bell's body inter are. I'm not coming to the bell as a tool that I'm to use. I'm coming to the bell as an interbeing. The, the bell has no way of sounding without a bellminder. It's just a piece of metal. And I have no way of skillfully inviting the Sangha into stillness without the bell. So we inter are. We are one thing. So we never talk about striking the bell or ringing the bell. We always use this, this term inviting the bell because we are inviting it to interbe with us. We are inviting it to express its beauty in the world and to partner with us in that. We don't use it as an object. We inter-are with it as a single being. So in the same way, um, we, we treat the bell inviter with the same kind of reverence. You know, in, inviting the bell for me begins be, when I form the intention to reach and pick up the inviter. At that point, I need full awareness. And when I, I feel the inviter in my hand, I am becoming one with it. So I pick up the inviter and I recite the gata. Body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness. I send my heart out 
along with the sound of this bell. Hmm. We are one. We are one. And that oneness extends to the way I invite the bell, fully present for my breath, and I take an in-breath and an out-breath, and I breathe out the bell. I breathe out the bell. That bell is the sound of my out-breath. And when the Sangha hears it, it's the sound of their in-breath. inner being extends to listening to the sound of the bell. Once this inner being, this bell and bellminder have together created this sound, how can I turn away from that? How can I turn away? It's a joy to listen to it all the way through, to give it my full loving attention all the way through to the very end. I think it's it's disrespectful if I if I welcome this bell into interbeing and then while it's singing I turn my attention to something else. I I I wouldn't want that done to me. So I'm not going to do that to the bell. Oh body speech and mind in perfect oneness. So let's go to the second line. I send my heart out along with the sound of this bell. I send my heart out. So I like to think of this as the act of receiving and giving. So receiving first. What are we receiving? Well, we receive the miracle of our fellow Sangha members. I receive the miracle of you when I am here to invite the bell. You not different people, not a different time and place, you. What a miracle. And when, when this particular Sangha gathers, there is an energy. Maybe the energy is very settled and still. Maybe the energy is quite wound up and, and active. But I won't know that until I consciously receive the energy of the Sangha. I receive it, I, I drink it in. We're like physicians reading the room, diagnosing what's happening, taking it in with an open heart. And then I, from that, I turn and I send my heart out along with the sound of the bell. I invite the bell in a way that meets the need of this moment with these people. So maybe this, this group has come and settled just so easily, boom. And so the bell, as I invite it, my intention is to invite the bell in such a way that it supports that already existing stillness. Or maybe the Sangha is scattered and distracted. And so the bell, what I receive is that scatteredness. And so the sound of the bell can be a, a wake up bell saying, come back. Bong. Oh, come back, 
come back. So sometimes I need to be soft and gentle. Sometimes I need to be firm and direct. But I won't know until I receive the Sangha and know what the Sangha needs. And that's sending my heart out along with the sound of the bell. Sending out just what the Sangha needs. So sending my heart out along with the sound of this bell means I'm like a physician. I receive what is and I respond to that. My heart holds whatever it finds. There's another uh, aspect of this sending my heart out along with the sound of this bell that I want to mention, and that is this aspect of authenticity. You know, the, the bell and the bell minder inter are, and so the bell speaks authentically what's in the heart of the bell minder. There's no hiding, you know, there's no hiding. If I am distracted and scattered, the bell will show this. And I don't say that to like frighten you into being a certain way. Um, you know, it's really okay to be where you are, you know, and if, if the bell comes out a real clunker, well, that's just where you are, you know, and that's okay. <clears throat> but there's a kind of an authenticity here. So we can be where we are, but we can also aspire to hold the Sangha. In, in, in a loving embrace. So I have to take this um, back into myself and really come back, body, speech, and mind, back into myself so that when I speak, the bell and I speak together, it speaks authentically my heart and hopefully a heart of love and compassion. But if there's not love and compassion, then it speaks what it speaks. And that's okay. That's okay. I love the bell because it doesn't lie. It absolutely doesn't lie. And very often, the bell tells me the condition of my heart. I learn from the sound of the bell that I'm feeling um, anxiety, for instance. I can hear that in the way I invited the bell. One thing I noticed about my, my bells for years is that I had good concentration and presence for the first two bells, and then the third one, I often had lost my concentration and the sound was not as beautiful. So the bell taught me that my concentration was short. I send my heart out along with the sound of this bell. Okay, let's do the next line. May all hearers awaken from forgetfulness and transcend the path of sorrows. May all hearers awaken from forgetfulness and transcend the path of sorrows. Like, like you, um, you may have asked yourself throughout your time of practice, why do I practice? I think most of us arrive at practice to benefit ourselves, and that's perfectly natural and okay. Um, the world needs you to be the best you you can be. I need you to be the best you you can be. Um, but often, by the time um, we begin to serve as bellminder, our practice has shifted from about me to about us. 
my benefit just isn't enough anymore. And I, I, I think we realize that it's impossible to benefit ourselves alone. We, we wake up together or not at all. So when we send our heart out at, with the sound of the bell, with this intention that all hearers awaken from forgetfulness and transcend the path of sorrows, what we're doing is we're sending out the heart of compassion. It's an act of love to invite the bell. It's an act of love that says, please, come, join me. Join me. Still your heart. Be here. Please borrow my solidity and join me. You know, we, we, when we sound the bell in that way, we sincerely hope that everyone that hears this is free of suffering. Everyone that hears it is peaceful and at ease. This is the, this is the practice of mudita, sympathetic joy. We can, even if we're suffering as the bellminder, we can take joy in the sangha coming home with the sound of the bell. And it's such a joy to hold the sangha in love in this way. Such a joy. This surprises me about this stage of my practice. I didn't know I would get so much joy out of the, the awakening of others. I, this is my primary joy now. And so inviting the bell is how I do that. One of the ways that I do that, I invite with the sound of the bell you to join me in peace and solidity. And it doesn't matter where the person is on the path for us to have that joy. It can be someone far down the path who is sitting with just such beautiful solidness. Or it can be someone who's brand new and um, has trouble sitting still for two minutes. Either one, we take joy in their presence. And this all happens through the sound of the bell. Now let's listen to the bell again together. Body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness. I send my heart out along with the sound of this bell. May all hearers awaken from forgetfulness and transcend the path of sorrows. Michael, would you like to offer a few words? Yes, of course. Hmm. 
Michael bowing in. <clears throat> John mentioned um, the importance of this thing that develops, and it's our personal relationship with the bell. And I, I uh, over these past 30 years, have really nurtured an intimacy with the bell. Uh, when I when I came to practice, one of the the first um, uh, tape back it was it was you listened to tapes back then, um, and it was a tape uh, of an audio tape of Ty's uh, uh, retreat, present moment, wonderful moment, and in the course of that retreat, he teaches just exactly what John has been sharing this this intimacy with the bell. And, and then shows us how to invite the bell and, and timing and things like that. Uh, and, and, and actually, this I brought, this is when, when I give someone a bell and they've never had a bell before, I say, this is your first bell. And I say that because I am surrounded by bells. You can't see some of them. I'll hold them up and show you. But bells just come into my life. Um, and so, but this, this one here is my first bell and it's just all corroded. And at this point, after all these years of, of using it in my daily practice and in practice in, in leading. So I, I always encourage people to get, so Ty's teaching on the bell is available online on YouTube. And it's lovely to just Google inviting the bell at Han and just listen to the way our teacher shares this this information. <clears throat> so, um, especially for uh, new folks, we have different bells for different points of time in, in when we're doing meditation. This may be a bell that we use at home for our, <clears throat> for our own practice. Uh, John has the, the big bell there. Um, when, in, when inviting the bell, uh, for our morning meditation and, and during our Thursday evening practices, this is the bell that I use. It's a hanging bell. <laughs> uh, each And each one has a different sound. Uh, just let you know what like this one sounds like. This first one sounds like. And each bell has a different sound. So we often use a larger bell for inviting meditation at the start of a Sangha practice period. Um, and, and during the practice, we may uh, uh, use this bell. This is a, a hand bell. And it comes with an inviter that it's inside of it like this. Um, so some of us has this bell that we use to to just bring us back. When we hear that tap, that's so. Tikkun uh, Han uh, always talks about how we use the the we we unite ourselves with the inviter, and then we wake up the bell. So what is that? That's just a little that wakes up the bell. And we do it by bringing the inviter 
to the bell. And it doesn't matter what size bell. Uh, we, we bring the bell, the inviter to the bell, and wake it up. And Ty says that we wake it up so that when we invite the bell, we don't surprise the bell. And for those who've been sitting in silent meditation for 25 minutes, it's so we don't surprise them either. <laughs> so it's that, that we wake up the bell so and take a breath, usually like six seconds. And then invite the bell. Listen to this one, listen. That one would go on for about two minutes. The quality of the bell is so perfect and it's been founded in such a, a perfect way. It might go on for two minutes. And my practice is always to, to as John was saying, would stay with the sound of the bell, even as it goes, to just be with it as it flows. In choosing a bell, so I, um, some of you know, some of you don't know, that I lead groups of, of uh, practitioners to Vietnam each year when we're not having COVID. And one of the days in Vietnam that we spend is at a, a bell, basically a, a, the, the outlet for the bell foundry. And most every time people choose a bell uh, while we're, we're there. And so just the, here's another bell. This is a, a bell that I found in Japan. So it, it's a, I think it's brass. <laughs> and so as you will have heard on each of the bells, what we're, what we're listening for is this really love, lovely resonance that just keeps going. Listen to this one. So it's important when choosing a bell that you choose a bell that has a beautiful voice. Um, you know, some, sometimes in this day and age, sometimes bells are just kind of mash produced and you go and you, you in, invite the bell and it goes and stops. It just kind of comes to a thud. Um, so you, wanna, you want to listen to the bell. And I always say the bell chooses you. The bell chooses you. Um, so just just be aware, and as you as you invite the bell, be aware of its voice. <clears throat> so let's let's talk about timing, and this is true. Time the timing our practice is true, especially uh, we we do it during uh, sitting meditation together. Usually, our sitting meditation is about twenty five minutes, <clears throat> and. When we're starting, I encourage people to have a bell right from the start. So Jeannie, I invite you to, to open your heart and, and, uh, and be ready to receive your bell. See where your bell shows up. Uh, and, and, <clears throat> and both John and I can, can direct people to places, to sources of bells, if you don't have a bell. Um, I, but So we'll use the, the bell to, uh, to, at the beginning of meditation, and at the end of meditation. And our 
our tradition, our practice, and it's, this could be different in different traditions of Buddhism, even different traditions of, of the, the, the mindfulness tradition. Um, it could be different you know, in each Sangha. But overall, in Thich Nhat Hanh Sanghas, our practice to, is to invite the bell three times when we begin meditation. <clears throat> and I encourage us to do that in our own practice. So we would wake up the bell, and then... Taking three breaths. Practice is to just let it go. Can, can you still hear it? So when we lead practice on Zoom, it's important to let the bell sound fully before we mute ourselves. <laughs> so if you're, if you're the bellminder leading meditation on Zoom, it, when you know that the bell has stopped sounding, that the wah-wah has dissipated, then you click mute, as I did just there. If you click mute too soon, it just sounds like this to everyone. It stops. So you want to you want to wait until the moment that the the bell stops singing, and um, uh. Did I want to say that? I had a thought that I didn't want to lose. Hmm? We'll come back to that <laughs> if, it, if it comes back. Uh, uh, oh, I know what it was. It was if you're leading meditation on Zoom, if you're the bell minder, that you know once you've invited the bell, people can hear what you're doing. So, so be you know sometimes people invite the bell and they start moving this thing on their. And, and everybody can hear that. So it's really important to be completely still, as John said, you know, to, to really stay in alignment with the bell, to, to, uh, to continue our attention and association with the bell. At the end of meditation, we invite two bells. So we would wake up the bell and invite two bells with three breaths in between. So that's for for meditation uh, 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 whether it's your for your with yourself or with the group now i encourage everyone always whether usually our meditations are about 25 minutes 20 to 25 minutes when we're practicing together and that's my encouragement is over time to develop this the the ability to, to sit for 20 25 minutes on a daily basis um, uh, Jeannie, for people who are just starting, I, I, it's the most important thing is 
that a year from now you're still sitting. Not that you're sitting more time all the time, but that a year from now, every day you're carving out a piece, a bit of time to sit. So there are, if you don't have a timer in your phone, there are these timers that you can get, and you can set them so they just flash a light at the end. So it's not, a, it doesn't make a buzz at the end. Um, for those of us who have iPhones. There's a timer in your iPhone that you can sit and there's these lovely chime setting that you can set it to. So at the end it just does these really lovely chimes. So I encourage you, whether at home or, or, or in uh, when we sit together, to set a timer. John and I both use our watches. <laughs> our, we have uh, Apple watches and they have a timer in there. And so I set it for every morning that I lead meditation. I set that timer and at 25 minutes it goes <laughs> and taps me to remind me that it's the end of the time. Um, so uh, certainly we use um, uh, the bells as a beginning and ending of meditation. The other thing that we use the bells for is just to have a bell of mindfulness. So during our practice, certainly if we go out and do walking meditation together, we would bring a bell with us. And uh, if we're doing walking meditation in, in a group, we might invite a bell. As we're walking in that bell, in that case, always the bell invites us to come back, to return to this moment, to bring our awareness, no matter where it's wandered, to bring it right here, right now as John said. So we use these bells as a, a bell of mindfulness. Um, uh, I know that uh, at, at, at when we start our Sangha meetings, uh, many Sanghas invite a bell about five minutes before, as everyone is gathered, and it's certainly true on Zoom as well. So about five minutes before the actual practice period starts, our practice meeting starts, we might invite a bell. That bell, when we hear the bell, we just become silent. We come back. We take three breaths. No matter what's going on, right in the middle of a sentence, we stop. Come back to this moment. So, uh, John mentioned um, our relationship with the bell. And, and so, when we practice deeply, we realize we are not separate from the sound of the bell. So in the sound of the bell, I am the sound of the bell. And in fact, I disappears and there is only sound of the bell, I am the bell, and there is no I, just bell. Mm -hmm. okay. Hey, should we talk a little bit about the mechanics of, of actually inviting the bell, like sure. how to hold the inviter, is mm. a, is a, and how to hold the bell? That's a, that's a big one. <laughs> sure. You know, so so for for me, whether or whether it's the small inviter or the large inviter, uh, it's the, the same basic principle applies here, which is um, 
I, I hold the inviter at the, at the balance point. You know, for instance, I'm not holding it down here where you might hold a hammer to pound something. I'm holding it here at the balance point. And I think that's true also, Michael, of, of, of your, you know, the small inviter when the, for the small bell. It's, it's not, it's not, I'm not holding it way down here. I'm holding it so that the motion that I make is very subtle and easy. Right? So you might experiment with that. Um, and what I find is that I hold it with the least amount of force that I, that I, that I need to, to keep from dropping it. But not, you know, if I find I'm gripping it tightly, that tension is transmitted to the sound of the bell. So you might experiment with that. Um, you could even experiment now if you have your bell. Yeah. Practice inviting it a few times. Uh, and experiment with that balance point. And some, some of the, uh, sorry, Mike, but some, some of the intermediate size bells are invited from the inside. And I don't have one of those handy. Do you have one, Mike, you could show that? Thank you. Mm -hmm. And the same thing there, you know, if you hold it at that balance point, you have more control. So I would suggest that the, you know, inviting the bell is, is like being a, um, a violinist. A violinist practices scales and arpeggios and practices and practices and practices and practices, and then translates that practice into beauty. And that's what we can do too. We can practice with our bell. So we really are intimate with how to hold it, how to hold the inviter, how it behaves, how this particular bell responds. Get so intimate like a musician, because in a way you are. When, when uh, so I retired from my career in organizational effectiveness and human resources uh, back in 2004 in order to just give myself time for practice. And I would spend each day, almost every day, for three or four years, I was at our practice center in Seattle at Dharmagate Practice Center. And I would just sit. There were days that I simply sat inviting the bell again and again and again, just building that friendship, building that relationship. Mm. Practice. Well, I love the violin uh, metaphor. That's really great, John. Well, and, and Lydia is a flautist, so she knows this. She knows about about practicing and, and performing. Yeah. And so let's mention one other thing before we break out into um, into some breakout groups and we practice together. And I want to talk about the particulars of Zoom and the bell. So is everyone here familiar with original sound in Zoom? If you are not familiar, raise your hand if you're not familiar with that so we can go over it. Okay, I see, I see several hands. Okay, great. So what Zoom has is this audio processing that gets rid of background noises. And it's designed so that things like uh, an air conditioner that's droning in the background uh, is, is eliminated. So when you have 10 people together and they all have an air conditioner in the background, it's not just a cacophony. But the trouble is, that treats a bell just like an air conditioner. So if you do not have your original sound on, which is what they, how they refer to turning off all that processing, original sound on means no processing, your bell does something funny. I'll show you what it is. I'll turn mine off and, and invite the bell and show you what it does. 
It didn't do it. It didn't do it? Oh. Oh, that's funny. Uh, let me try. Okay, you try. <laughs> uh, usually it makes it just sound like a lightsaber from, from uh, yeah. Star Wars. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, maybe they worked on it so that it, oh, yeah. it used to be that it just went zip, you ding, zip. So in any case, I'll tell you how to find um, find original sound. So if you go down on your Zoom window, there's a little up arrow next to your microphone. You everybody see that little up arrow? It's between the mic, the mute thing and the stop video. Yeah. So click on that and it pulls up some. Oh, you're on. Are you on an iPad, Lydia? Yeah, I don't know how this works on an iPad. We'll have to um, look at that later. Uh, I'm assuming this is on a, a, a Mac. Uh, so at the bottom, when you click on that up arrow, you'll see audio settings and you want to click on audio settings. And that pops up a white screen. That's the settings for Zoom. And it's everybody it, have that. Everybody see that who's who needs to do this. OK. And the third tab down for me is already selected audio. If it's not selected for you, click on audio on the left. And once you're there, um, if you scroll down to music and professional audio, and I think it's the third thing or so down, there's a checkbox there that says show in meeting option to enable original sound. Check that box. So what that will do is now in your zoom window in the upper left of your zoom window, where the rest of our pictures are, you'll see this little box that says original sound colon on or original sound colon off. And when you're inviting the bell, it should be at on. Can everybody see that? Is there anybody who can't see that? No. Okay, great. You, you cannot see it, Jeannie? Um, Could you yeah. unmute yourself, please? Oh, sorry. No, I, I don't see that. Are you on a Mac? Yes. Okay. Well, maybe we can help you later, Jeannie, okay. uh, with that. Okay. Stay on after. But, but what I'd like to suggest now is that we divide into smaller groups um, of three or four people so that people can actually practice and they can they can experiment if they're if they have that original sound, they can they can play with it and you can listen to each other's bells and practice inviting the bell together and receive the feedback from others because that's one of the really hard things about doing this on zoom you know when you invite the bell and it sounds beautiful and you're muted you don't know <laughs> you have no idea that nobody else is hearing your bell right so this is a way for us to kind of practice this and get some feedback from our from our friends so shall we send us off into these into breakout rooms okay so i'm going to stop the recording now <laughs>